Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. 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 Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, August 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Ephraim Jr., and today we pulled the maids of Elfinmare. You know what? I was bound and determined to find a way into this song this morning. This song has eluded me since it. she released it in 2014 on Unrepentant Geraldine's. I wanted to find my way in, and I think I have. The Maids of Elfinmare originally was a painting by Dante Rossetti, an etching, I guess, that was on a songbook, and she saw this etching on the songbook, and it transfixed her. It's this etching of three women standing over a boy with chestnut hair, and she wanted to bring these Maids of Elfinmare into the 21st century. So that's what inspired this song. But I wanted to know who the real maids of Elfinmare were. Well, surprise, I think that they're a construction of Dante Rossetti's mind. But here's what I found out. And this is what's really, really interesting to me. And I want to talk about this because the maids of Elfinmare, hey, it's led me down this path. And I'm really interested in, and let's just listen to this story. So if you look at the maids of Elfinmare, the painting, the original painting by Dante, which I'm looking at right now, or the original etching or whatever it was, The woman in the middle, the maid in the middle, she has a very, very distinct look. If you look at any of Dante's other work, Dante Rossetti's other work, you can see the same sort of face throughout. And so I I was like, who is this woman? This person is a person. This model, this figure is a person. And I started researching Rossetti and his life and his wife, Elizabeth Sedell. She was the premier model. And it's once you know who she is and once you see her face and other stuff, you know that this middle figure in the Maids of Elfinmare etching is her. It's very, very obvious. So Elizabeth Sedell, you may famously, she's most famously known as the figure in the pond in Malay's Ophelia, you know, like the drowning woman, Ophelia, that painting. She's that woman, and she was the premier model for all pre-Raphaelite artists. But then, so she like was discovered with her long flowing red hair and people were like, you must model for us. So she was like passed around as a model throughout the pre-Raphaelite people, the artists. But then she fell in love with Rossetti, Dante Rossetti, and they started a tumultuous love affair and she became his premier model, only modeling for him. However, it was like a tumultuous love affair. Like I said, they were not very good for each other. She was apparently poor and they were together for a long time and they got engaged, but he kind of didn't marry her because I think he was afraid of his family's reaction. It seems like he was afraid of his family's reaction to marrying her. So he kind of just kept her on the back burner till the point. Eventually she was like, go fuck yourself. And she moved because she was an artist and poet in her own right. So she moved to go to art school and finally, Finally, she took very, very ill, and Rossetti got word that she was ill, so he traveled. Instead of being a dick, he traveled to her and decided to marry her, and then they got married. And two years later, she died of an opioid overdose while he was teaching a class in a college. They had, like, dinner or something, and she went back to the apartment, and then he went to work, and he came back, and he said that she was unresponsive on the bed. And he called a doctor who could not revive her. So he called three more doctors. And finally, she was announced dead at 7 a.m. the next morning. Rumor has it that she had a note pinned to her nightgown 
uh, that said, watch after Harry, who was her invalid brother, so therefore it was an unaliving of herself. But supposedly it was recommended to him that he destroy that note because unaliving yourself was considered a sin, it was illegal, and it would prevent her from having a Christian burial. So the rumor is that he removed it and threw it away or whatever, burned it. So... This tumultuous love affair, though, is what I'm really interested in, is that the maids of Elfinmere, Toria's said that she was entranced by this etching and she wanted to know who these ladies were. And she, you know, the characters, obviously not the muse behind the characters, but the characters. But I'm interested in the muse behind the characters and how she was utterly, you forget that the muse has her own life. She eventually exclusively modeled for Dante Rossetti. This tumultuous love affair, I imagine they were like Sid and Nancy, the Sid and Nancy of their day. They were the Kurt and Courtney of their day, just tumultuous. You know, they both were really, really attractive for their day. You know, concept of beauty, really, really attractive. And here's the gross thing. Here's the thing that I can't stand is that when she died, he was so wrecked by her death that he buried with her a handwritten book of poems that he'd written to her, love poems. He put it in the coffin. Then he, as his career kind of started to fail, his career as an artist, he moved back to poetry. And when he was publishing a volume, I think seven years after her death, he was publishing a poetry book and he felt it was too slim. Maybe he wasn't being inspired, but he didn't have enough poems. So he convinced his friend, the judge, to order her body to be disinterred so that he could get that poetry book back. Can you believe that? And he tipped the grave diggers in beer money and they got the book and they disinfected it. And all he could say was how disappointed he was because the poem that he was after had a big wormhole in it, but he was still able to work around it. Can you believe that shit? I don't know. This is what, this is what haunts me is that my secrets or that my personal revelations in the midst of a really connected union would become public, you know, would be used for fodder. And it reveals a little bit about the heart of somebody. Like, okay, you'll never convince me otherwise that Dante didn't use that poor girl, only married her because she was sick, refused to marry her for years before because she was poor, and then had such little respect for her rest for the dead, has had such personal greed, selfishness, say whatever you will, that he dug up her body to get his poetry book. It's absurd to me. That's absurd to me. That the spirit and soul and body of someone that you supposedly loved could mean so little to you. Write them from memory, buddy. Write them from memory. Pull them from memory. And that's the maids of Elfinmere. <laughs> Those are who they were. <laughs> they had lives. They had traumas. So when you look at someone beautiful, they're hurting. <laughs> when you look at someone beautiful, they're hurting inside. And it's sometimes it's funny that Tori um, crafted this narrative around them, that they were watching over this boy. When they could just as easily, if you look at it, you know, if you read the the etching in a different way they could just as easily be taunting him or disinterested in him and he could be upset with them about that who knows what dante painted but it's interesting that tori crafted this narrative of these women who are looking after him because i think that's what our muses do the people who inspire us they take care of our creative life they they take care of our fantasy life our dream life you know 
So that's interesting to me. And may Elizabeth Sedell rest in peace finally now that Dante's dead. He died years later of complications from uh, alcohol, abuse, and opioid. Like, they were a tumultuous pair, you know? And I'm there have been many things written about them and movies made about them. And there's, in particular, one YouTube video that you should watch if you're interested called Love and Drugs in Victorian England. Elizabeth Sedell, the beauty in the bathtub. He also convinced her to drop the final L in her name. Her name was spelled with two L's originally, but then he she dropped. She was an artist, you know. She's the only female artist to be included along with the pre, pre-Raphaelite. She was the only woman to have her work included in the first ever exhibition of pre-Raphaelite art in 1857. So, killing it, Elizabeth. She held her own, and it's, it's a hard job being a muse. It's hard to not have anybody see the real person inside. Or give a fuck about the real person inside. All they want is their poems. All they want to get from you are their poems out of your dead hands. They're prying. That what they gave you, he put it in the coffin. Nobody forced him to do that. You made a decision there, sir. And with that, I hope you have a wonderful Friday. And seek knowledge. I guess the maids of Elfinmare being pulled today is telling us to seek knowledge. Look beyond. It's not about just personal like or dislike. There's a story everywhere to find. And if you look hard enough, there's a story behind the eyes of your muse. Maybe let your muse speak today. Whoever your muse is, let them speak today. Get their opinion. Beautiful people have thoughts as well. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you on Monday for New Music Monday. Goodbye. It was here at number seven Gower Street in London where the Pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood was founded. And it was also here that Millet painted Elizabeth Siddle in a bathtub of water wearing a four pound antique wedding dress and posing as the drowning Ophelia. At the age of 22, Elizabeth Siddle would become immortalized in Millet's iconic painting of Ophelia. Millet painted the background to Ophelia in this exact spot on the banks of the Hogsmill River in Surrey. It portrays the very moment that Ophelia, a character from Shakespeare's Hamlet, falls into the river and drowns. And it's one of the most famous pre-Raphaelite paintings of all time. Just 10 years later, Elizabeth Siddle would die under tragic circumstances and leave behind her own often forgotten artistic legacy. But just who was Elizabeth Siddle and what do we know of her own unique story and her talents as a painter and a poet? Elizabeth completely broke the mold. She wasn't the ideal of Victorian beauty. She was very tall and willowy and had bright red hair. She also refused to wear a corset and instead made a lot of her own clothes. Spotted by a member of the Pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood while working in a millinery shop, she would go on to become the most popular Pre-Raphaelite muse and posed for artists including Walter Deverell, Holman Hunt and Rossetti. Rossetti fell madly in love with her. During their nine-year relationship, Rossetti would often leave her alone for weeks on end, causing her to suffer terrible feelings of desperation and depression. She started taking laudanum, a popular Victorian cure-all. Derived from poppies, laudanum is a very powerful opiate, and this symbol of the poppy would connect Elizabeth to Millet's painting forever. In his painting, Millet included flowers from Shakespeare's text to add symbolic meaning, but by choosing to include a red poppy to symbolize Ophelia's death, he would unknowingly connect his model to Ophelia's tragic story. Eventually, Elizabeth Siddle and Rossetti were married, but tragically, just a few months later, she lost a baby daughter at birth, which led to her taking a lethal overdose of laudanum when she was just 33.
As well as the many paintings of her, she was also an artist in her own right. Although she didn't have the advantage of a formal art training, Rossetti was teaching her to paint and draw. And the art critic, John Ruskin, began paying her £150 a year to dedicate her life to her artistic work. In 1857, she was the only woman to contribute to the first ever Pre-Raphaelite exhibition in London. Although she's remembered as an icon of Pre-Raphaelite painting, Elizabeth Siddle left behind her own artistic legacy, confirming she was much more than a muse.
O grieve not with thy bitter tears the life that passes fast. The gates of heaven will open wide and take me in at last. Then sit down meekly at my side and watch my young life flee. Then solemn peace of holy death come quickly unto thee. But true love seek me in the throng of spirits floating past, and I will take thee by the hands and know thee mine at last. Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.